contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. My name is Brad Hebner, and I will guide you on your journey to mastery of your construction business. You can find Hammer and Grind on all the social media platforms. Just search for Hammer and Grind Podcast. Now, if you're looking for more help, you can check out our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group. I do free trainings in there, and it's a great community to be a part of. Now, if you're serious about making more money, saving more time, and creating a business that supports your lifestyle, check out my paid coaching group called The Profit Club. I've put together a proven system for creating a winning business. Now, listen, I'm so confident that you will succeed in my program. I'm now offering a 10x ROI guarantee. That means if you don't make at least a 10x return on your investment within a 12-month period, I will refund you the full amount. You can find out more information about The Profit Club at hammeringgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. All right. On this episode, we got Peter Harding and I'm super excited about about interviewing Pete. Peter Harding is a roofing contractor with 38 years experience in the industry and is a Western States Roofing Contractors Association board member. Pete started off as a tear-off laborer kettle tender to working up the ladder from journeyman roofer to foreman, superintendent, to supervisor, to production manager, to sales, to sales manager, and then finally as an owner. His company Go Green started because he was tired of himself and the people he'd worked with being treated poorly and taken advantage of. And this is interesting to me, Pete. You said that he challenged you, your ex-employer challenged you to start your own business, and so you did. Go Green is a commercial roofing corporation with 80 employees. They focus mainly on western states. 90% of their work is flat coatings and single ply, and the rest is steep in repairs. Pre-COVID, Go Green was doing $30 million in completed work a year. After COVID, they took a hit, but this year they're back to hitting those numbers again. Pete, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, you guys are doing a a great service for the up and coming contractors because, you know, a friend of mine, Paul Reed, always says, you know, we paid the dumb tax for it, right? And, you know, and I was thinking about it this morning when I was doing my exercise and stuff. And I was thinking, you know, this is the next generation is the coachable generation. They're looking for coaches. It's it's incredible because the mistakes I've made doing all that stuff, millions. I've made millions in mistakes. And this podcast and, and people like you are just great for the industry. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I appreciate it. I think people would like to know that I first found out about you on TikTok, which is, it seems like where everything's happening right now and gravitating towards. And I, I want to be honest with you, Pete, because I'm kind of a direct shooter and I think you are too. The very first time I saw you on video, I didn't like you. I was just like, man, Pete, I just don't, I don't like this guy. But as I started watching your videos more and more, I really started to like you and di- and I, I love what you're doing on your channel. 
you're raw in your truth and you're open about your past and things. And uh, I just, it's, it's refreshing. I really appreciate that. So thanks again, Pete. Well, your honesty is refreshing. A lot of people don't get me, right? I get it. I've tried to do podcasts. I've tried to make roofing industry interesting before you guys, before a lot of different things. And I would, I would try to make myself more professional and I'm just not that guy. You know, I'm not that guy. And that's the thing about video and, and industry and everything is you have to be true to who you are, right? And I'm a freaking nut. You know, I, I know it because I really enjoy life. I want to experience life. And if someone, someone doesn't like me, then that's fine. I, I don't care. I'm an old man. You know, if I care at this age, that's a waste of energy. But with that said, it's like that's valuable input right? It's valuable input. And because of TikTok, a seven second video, I became one of the 13 national roofing contractors for one of the largest box stores in the United States. So somebody liked me. That one person liked me, right? And yeah, I like you. We're good. We're friends now. So, um, and that's what, and you know, the world as a whole, if people were more honest, it'd probably be a better place, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I I mean, I, you and I are a lot alike and we're straight shooters and we want people to be straight with us. And I, I'm I'm often accused of being too brash, too direct, too honest, you know, all of those things. I don't smile enough. My neighbor across the street, she's like an 80 year old. I love her to death and, and she would follow me on Facebook and stuff. And like, I come home from work and she'd say, I watched your video today and you need to smile more. You need to smile more. (laughs) So I'm accused of those things often, but I always hear it over and over and over again, which is, you know, people appreciate the fact that you're honest with them. They know where you stand. They know that you're not just, you know, blowing smoke up their butt or whatever, or telling them what they want to hear. And like you said, I think people truly appreciate honesty. I think for some, it's harder to actually be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think people truly appreciate honesty. So, so you got a job. With the, you said the seventh largest company or? No, we became there. They have 13 national roofing contractors oh, okay. that do all of their work. Got they you. start with a W and end with a Mart, right? So, <laughs> fair enough. So, fair enough. Um, off of TikTok, right? Off yeah. of freaking TikTok. Cause I'm just playing around. Everything I do, you know, I'm an older guy. I'm not that tech savvy, but everything's I'm just playing around beta testing stuff, right? And just throwing it out there because I'm passionate about roofing. I I've done it my whole life. It's given me everything, everything. Right. And I always wanted to express that in some way, because back in the day, I'd tell people, they'd ask me, what do you do? I go, I'm a roofer. And they go, Oh, it's like, what do you mean, man? Everybody has a freaking roof. You should be down on your knees, bound down, freaking showing us appreciation. You know, we're doing the fourth most dangerous job in the United States. You know, my passion also intersects with my honesty and it kind of pissed some people off when I tell them that, right? So I do these little test things and and I was actually doing it to kind of piss off my two teen daughters, embarrass them because it's, you know, that's one of my jobs, right? So I'm like, I'm on TikTok doing this stuff. And all of a sudden, I got this, you know, a hit that goes in there and, and it started rolling. And I'm also sober. I've been sober for 31 years. So 
my thing is, is to, if I can help people get what they need, I can get what I want, right? So if I can help people become better roofers, which the coachable generation is great for, because you know, if I can help them do that, that's great. And if I can help people be sober and all that neat stuff. So I started playing with TikTok to get it out there. And I don't have a huge following or anything, but you know, it, just that one person, you know, if you get that, just that one person and to get that client, it blew my mind. I'm like, Oh my God, because I'm, I've, I've figured out LinkedIn. I, I usually get about a million dollars of work to work off of LinkedIn a year. And that's just through two or three clients a year. I'm not talking hundreds of clients. And so LinkedIn, I was already sold on. I haven't done Facebook much, but I started playing with this TikTok and I'm like, TikTok's where it's at right now, especially, you know, hitting a home run in my first three days of using it doesn't mean I'll hit another one, but it's fun doing it, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's about how many at bats you take, right? I mean, if you only take one at bat, then you're the percentage of you hitting a home run is pretty low. But if you, you know, if you take 500 at bats, you're probably going to hit some home runs in there. Right. And so it's also about being comfortable in the uncomfortable. You know, here I am putting my face on there, saying things, and people just casting massive amounts of hate at me, right? (laughs) And it's like, how are you going to react? It's a total stoic thing, right? So I'm like, okay, you know, how do I react? Hey, thank you for that comment, you know, this and that and the other thing. And you don't run from it, which I, in turn, really wish our society was more like now. It really helps me to be better in negotiations of roofing too, right? If I'm putting myself out there in an uncomfortable state when the stakes are high and I'm in, say, a national account and there's bidding going on, there's presentation going on, it's it's really hardcore stuff, I'm calm. I'm cool as a cucumber, man, because of all this stuff I do that puts me that makes me comfortable in the uncomfortable that's where i live well yeah i mean that's all of the top you know motivational speakers and all these successful successful people all tell you that you grow in the uncomfortable areas right that's when you grow the most is when you're the most uncomfortable I, i i talk to contractors and i a lot of the conversations i have with them it's all about being scared of getting uncomfortable right and that's part of it. And you mentioned earlier about like, you know, today's contractors are more coachable. And I I think that's true. I think they're hungry for learning. Uh, When I started, and you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, Pete, but when I started in my own business about 12 and a half years ago, you know, we didn't have Facebook and all that stuff and websites were barely around. You couldn't go online and find like coaching or find you know, YouTube videos on how to put a roof on or whatever it is you're trying to learn, like you really did had to learn from the experience in the school of hard knocks. So knock. So even today, the opportunity is so much easier and there's so much more opportunity out there. But the, I, I, I catch contractors getting stuck in like little things of not wanting to take on that risk, not wanting to be uncomfortable, myself included, you know, a year ago, I would have never done the stuff I do on TikTok today. Like I, I would have never put myself out there. I mean, I, I haven't told anyone this, but I actually, I've hired a coach 
who are, there's two actors to teach me how to be better on camera, like how to do actual acting things on camera. And so I did that so that I could be good on camera so that I could start doing this. But I think it's a lot of times contractors are scared to, you know, invest in themselves and they're scared to get training or, you know, do those things. And I don't know why that is, but before I get off on my own tangent, I want to kind of go back to when you started in roofing and find out a little bit more about Pete and kind of like, why did you decide to get into roofing in the first place? Uh, because I was horrible in school and I, um, I'm dyslexic and, you know, I guess, I guess with uh, dyslexia goes ADHD. And so back in the seventies and eighties, it was undiagnosed. So I turned into a bad kid, got all, you know, I was programmed to be a loser, right? Because they didn't know, I didn't, I was a square peg. They're trying to jam into a round hole, right? And I was always looking out the window. And during the summer, I'd work for a friend of mine's brother. And, you know, it was the Wild West. And, well, four bucks an hour, all the beer I could drink at the end of the day. And I'm freaking 16, 17 years old. Sign me up. That's how I got into it, right? And then when I turned 18, I went into it full time. And, you know, I worked all the way up the ladder. and when I became a peaceworker shingler, I noticed that the rhythm of the gun was very calming to me, right? Bam, 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 over and over and over. And then I noticed like some things started to change. Like I looked at the system. I never had a system of living, but I looked at shingles and I'm like, okay, well, if I show up in the morning, I prep my whole day out, put my 15 square out. I'm going to make this much money and this much money translates into this much an hour that translates into this much a minute. So if I leave a tool on the ground, I know exactly how much it's going to cost me to go down that freaking ladder and get that tool because I was an idiot and left my stuff on the ground. So I, I started looking at life like that. Like, you know, this is a system and I still look at everything like that. How can I break it down into a minute area I know exactly how much I make a minute. I know exactly how much everybody else makes a minute here. And so if I catch a guy or myself looking at Facebook, I'm like, oh, calculation. Oh, I just lost, you know, such and such a minute <laughs> for screwing around. That's how I got into roofing and then went on a tangent. But then, you know, I, I got good at shingling. Then I did a lot of the um, wood cedar, cedar shingle, the ocean waves, the stagger butt the stars the uh, shingle sidewall and loved it and did a bunch of hot tar i just loved it because it was hardcore and you could look back at the end of the day and know you earned that shower you know i freaking earned what i did and i was proud of that hard work and i'm out here in the bay area you know the silicon valley and everybody wanted to be some sales freaking uh, which I love sales, but they wanted to do, you know, make big money and drive all the cars and stuff or for the software guys. Right. And they only hired college grads, which I am not. So at that time I was like, you know, I'm feeling kind of weird about, you know, bummer, bummed out about it being a roofer because all these, my friends were doing all this other stuff. But then I'm like, you know, they don't have what we got. We have tenacity. We're problem solvers. And I started seeing all this stuff early on in my career going, 
you know, what do we do all day? We solve problems. How do we see a roof? We see the roof completed. And then we work backwards to make it happen. You know, it, we see it completed in our minds, which worked perfectly with my dyslexia. And I'm like, I'm in heaven, you know. I'm sitting here getting a tan, freaking cutting myself up, breaking up my body, working hard, being sore every day, earning that shower with nothing but pride. You know, proud of it. I've seen these guys go into their jobs and their nice BMWs and stuff, but they look like hell. <laughs> They're all broke down oh, yeah. and tired and complaining about their jobs. I'm outside every day loving life. So luckily, roofing found me because I needed to yeah, make some bucks. I, I used to like to drink beers, and that was that. I would say that you were built for roofing. I mean, that you just described like it was like roofing was created for you. Is that fair? Yeah, totally fair. Cause I didn't have a choice. You know, I went straight out and just, just started roofing and just loved it. Loved the tools, loved the sounds of the guns, everything. I still love it to this day. Yesterday I was in San Diego on the roof with the guys working. <laughs> they didn't want me there, but oh, yeah. they're short of guys. So I was just, you know, doing stuff. And they're like, right on, you know, Mr. Pete's still out here with us doing it. You know, it's, I love being on the roof. That reminds me of one of my, my aunt's um, husband's dad. He's like in his nineties now and he had a business and I hear stories of him going by there at the office on the weekend. He owned a real big plastics company and he'd be out there 70, 80 years old on, on his back trying to figure out why the forklift wasn't working. You know, all the guys are out there. <laughs> And uh, he was just going after it. So I just kind of, that image just popped in my head of, you know, you've built a business so that you can do that. Like you, you obviously have people on staff that do most of the daily operational things. But if you need to throw a tool belt on, you can do that. And you probably enjoy getting out there every once in a while and doing that stuff. I love it. You know, I, sometimes when it gets really hard, you know, if I'm in serious negotiations and like there's 15,000 things going wrong during the day or, and you know, my, my mindset is everything happens for me. So I like march through it and go, I wonder what I'm going to get after this. But it's like, you know, I sit there and think about the days when I used to be out there on uh, West Cliff drive in Santa Cruz, just shingling me and my bags doing two or three roofs a month starting at seven in the morning, getting off at whenever, <laughs> whenever I wanted, just working for myself, you know, and those were good times. But, you know, I'm going to get back to what you were talking about, um, people being scared, really. And this is one of the reasons I started the company, too, is because it was in my imagination to start a company, right? And I'm only scared of one thing, and that is being on my deathbed saying, I wish I would have. That's it. Everything else, bring it. I don't bring me all the problems. I don't care because I know it's going to make me better for whatever is in the future, right? So, all the coaching can excel their the coachable generation's experience to where we're at, you know, quicker. Shortcut it, yeah. yeah shortcut there's the a shortcut, but you're still going to be stumbling and falling. You're still going to make you know hundred thousand dollar freaking mistakes, you know, and stuff like that. And I do. But um, it still gives you the freedom to express yourself and be expressive. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. 
I mean, you know, that's why there's so many different trades, right? Because some one uh, one guy loves doing carpentry and loves working with wood, and another guy loves working with electrical stuff and plumbing. Like all these different trades come together, and it's like their art form. It right? is. That's what they're. That's what they're good at. It's their medium that they can express themselves with. And so, I wanted to dive in a little bit about some of the mindset stuff that you talk about in your TikTok videos. That's what I really, really like. And you you mentioned, you did one video talking about like uh, when you're driving in your truck and listening to the radio. I know that you value learning, like you're a lifelong learner. So how did you get to that point? Like at what point in your life where you're like, finally, I need to start learning stuff and I'm going to use this time to do that. How'd that come about? Well, I had a baby. Lady okay. gave me a baby, right? And I had I was in uh, an outlaw motorcycle club for a long time, and the thought was wasn't um, very positive, right? So I saw this I, doctor gave me this kid, and she said she's perfect, and I'm like, holy crap! You know, I made something perfect. I thought I was a derelict. So the first thing I thought is I have to protect this kid from my negative thinking. So how do I change that? So I drive my commute back and forth is 80 miles to my office. And that's what I've always done doing commercial work. You know, no matter if I was working for somebody else or whatever, I would drive to the Silicon Valley from Santa Cruz, 40 miles one way. And I had gotten some a guy named Jim Rome. Love that man. I had his cassette tapes, right? And I put them in the, I go, it's one hour, one way. So I I thought to myself, if I listen to this guy one hour a day, instead of listening to the same Pantera freaking song or whatever I've been listening to for decades, maybe I can learn something. So I started learning this, listening to Jim Rohn. And what started happening was, is I started thinking a little differently. Then I started looking at my mindset, my, where I got my view on life and how I got it. And it happened through school, like a lot of us, you know, were programmed. But I was programmed because I was a troubled kid, you know, and they didn't get it. and They beat the crap out of me, you know. So they prophesied my life to be, you're going to be a loser, you'll never amount to nothing, you'll go to jail, this, that, and the other thing. And it happened. So I was listening to Jim Rohn, I was thinking about that kind of I guess they call it psychoanalyzing myself or whatever, going like, why do I think this? Why do I think that? So I wrote them all, a lot of them down, started journaling. And then like, I don't like that. So I did Jim Rohn. And then I found this other sales guy, Jeb Blount. And he's, um, he's just a sales guy, but he had these five minute podcasts. So the iPhone came out and then they had podcasts. I'm like, Oh my God, I'll listen to this. So then I started thinking if I'm driving one hour and listening, well, I'll make it two. Then it turned to three. Then it turned to five. Then it turned to eight. I would just listen to it all day long. And my view on life started to change. And I realized I was reprogramming myself, literally reprogramming myself. I'm like, this is crazy. And I go, you know, I got a job in sales for a commercial roofing contractor. And I would walk around saying, everything I touch, I sell. Everything I touch, I sell because I'm not, I don't need practice now. I'm not going to go practice putting a bid together, looking at a roof. If I'm going to look at it, I'm selling it no matter what, right? And that was uh, 2000, 
two or something like that. So then my sales were going up and up and up and I was doing great for a few years. And then the crash of the market hit and I kept saying everything I touch, I sell. And my sales kept going up. I'm like, this is freaking weird. And everybody else's sales dropped. And I'd actually kind of scare myself, you know? So it turned into this thing of, I would hear things like uh, Bob Proctor would always say, uh, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. And then I would think about Star Trek. <laughs> I'm like, why would I think about Star Trek? Because remember when the, the walkie-talkie things they had? Well, guess what we had? We had flip phones started, right? So somebody imagined these things on Star Trek that turned into flip phones. And if you can imagine it, you can be it. So I started journaling and then I read the book, Think and Grow Rich. And I'm like, oh my God. So like I've read these books. I don't just read the books. I study them. I've read that book every year for 20 freaking years, once or twice. I listen to it when I'm driving, everything. So then I found, you know, the definite chief aim, right? So what I did is I wrote down what I wanted my, I imagined my perfect life and I wrote it down. And at night I read that and then I close my eyes and I imagine my life happening like that. And then during the day, like this is what happened to go green. And I'm sitting here thinking I'm insane, right? I'm going, Oh, you're crazy. Nobody's going to be your friend anymore. Don't tell, I, I never told anybody any of this, even my wife at the time. I'm not telling nobody because the people I would tell would tell me, oh, that's a pretty lofty goal, Pete. $20 million a year company. You should bring it down a little bit so you don't disappoint yourself. So I would imagine myself with Go Green at night. And then during the day, whenever any adversity hit me, anything would happen. I go, okay, I'm paying dues for Go Green. Whatever this is, it's teaching me something to push me forward to build Go Green. And then one day I looked up from the freaking computer and I'm like holy crap go green happened I looked out the window right here and there's a big go green sign I'm like it freaking happened this is insane so I keep doing it and all the stuff they're talking on the the motivational guys you know there's motivational guys and stuff like that but it's really about reprogramming for me was my self-esteem and it comes down to if you think you can do it you can do it. If you think you can't, you can't. Henry Ford said, right? And yeah. I had to trick my self-esteem the whole time because I had horrible self-esteem. And sometimes I still do. You know, it's like, man, I don't know. But then I look around here and I'm like, holy crap. Go Green's here. Okay, there's my proof. This crazy stuff happens. You know, I hope I didn't get too crazy for you, but it's the truth, man. You know, uh, I had to battle my own self-esteem to get through it. And once I, I looked around at Go Green, looked at everything I had actually accomplished, I'm like, wow, I do deserve this. And you know what? All of us, no matter where we're at in life, deserve a better life. And like I tell my sales guys, don't expect to have a better life if you're not making yourself better period. And that's studying. It's studying and understanding whatever it is you're into. Yeah, that's that's some gold stuff there, Pete. I appreciate you sharing that. I loved every second of it. I, that's, that's the stuff I love to dig into and the mindset and 
you know, a little bit of manifestation there and, and visualization and all that stuff. I mean, I, I'm into that quite a bit. I'm doing some studying now on like the quantum consciousness, which is a level of consciousness that most people never even tap into. And so it's just, it's really fascinating stuff to me. But I was the same way. And I started out with Tony Robbins. Lessons in Mastery was my first dip into, you know, self-improvement. Jim Rohn was Tony Robinson's coach. Yep. Yeah, I, just, yep. I love them both. You know, they're great dudes. And, you know, Jim Rohn told Tony Robbins, work harder on yourself than anything. Work harder on yourself than you do your job, right? Well, I switched that. I say, work harder on yourself than anything else. Because if you're the best version you can be, who's going to benefit from that? Everybody that comes in contact with you, right? And if you help one person, that's the whole thing. That's what we're here to do is be of service to other people. I just didn't think it would be in talking to you about roofing and mindset, right? Because I kind of keep the mindset. I'll throw out little seeds, which obviously, you know, if if you're in the right mental state, you, you noticed. And um, just to see if there's anybody listening, right? I'll do those little things. And don't expect a better life if you're not making yourself better. And I think this next year, the coachable generation, I think they're going to blow our freaking minds with how, how they're going to, because they're going to get it. And it comes to a point where finally you teach yourself so much, you learn so much, you're just like, oh my God, I see it. I see it. I am it. I am. And you just do it. And it, it that's where I'm at. And that's actually... My biggest passion is coaching people with mindset. You know, I'm working on some stuff now called True Grit, T-R-U, capital G, R-I-T, because it takes true grit to go inside your own freaking head and clean out the cobwebs, right? So I'm working on this thing for a coaching program and just to help other people, man. I'm super excited about it, but, you know, it's a, it's a ways off. Well, whenever you get that thing going, I'll have to take a look at it because that's I, I'm into that. That's something that for me, you know, I don't know if you know my background much, Pete, but I, out of high school, I went into the Marine Corps. I was in the infantry for four years and uh, that's hard work, right? Yeah, it is. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. But uh, that's where I learned like determination and grit and, you know, the mental fortitude. I learned all those things of like how to persevere and get through hard times. But the problem is that when you leave the military, you no longer have people like telling you how you should think, right? Like right. telling you to charge that that mountain or whatever it is, like basically ordering you into courage and all these different things. So when you get out, it's like, okay, you're on your own. And I struggled with a lot of just negativity, like just having a lot of negativity. And to this day, I still struggle with, you know, being a pessimist a lot of times and I have to catch myself and like refocus and be like, no, no, it's all about, I, I like to use the term garbage in, garbage out, right? Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if you're constantly putting garbage into your mind, then that's what's going to come out of your mouth is garbage and what's and the self-talk aspect of it. You know, what we tell ourselves when in our oh. mind is so big. Oh, I got you. I totally, that's what I was, you know, they told me you're, you're a loser. You'll never amount to nothing, this and that. And it happened. You know, I did, I was homeless. I did two years in freaking jail. I overdosed on a, on a heroin overdose, you know, all this crazy stuff. And 
because I was living out what they told me I was going to live. And so then I'm given this perfect child, right? And I'm like, holy crap, I got to straighten this stuff out. Then it became a seeker. You know, I want to be the best I can be for this kid. And then it turned into, you know, we're plopped here on this planet. What are we going to do, right? You know, what's your purpose in life? My purpose in life is to be of service to others. But I have to be the best me I can be to do that. You know, does that make sense? No, Yeah, it makes perfect sense. That's what motivates me. And then since, you know, I did have a a death experience, you know, it's it's pretty serious stuff dying. So I I don't want to be on my (laughs) deathbed going, I wish I would have tried harder. You know, I I wish I would have started my own business. I wish I would have done this or that. You know, it's... um, it's pretty incredible stuff. Once you get the momentum, you know, you're doing a, like I said at the beginning, this is huge. Hammer and grind is huge. What we're doing, what you're doing, getting out there, doing the videos, doing the coaching and everything is massive, you know, and I got friends who are um, Navy SEALs and stuff like that. And I'm going to tie this into my business because I mentioned I was in an outlaw motorcycle club for years. Well, all these guys, that ran it were Vietnam vet green berets. Right. And then I started my business. Somebody asked me, well, what's your management style? I'm like, I have no idea. And then I read this book by that, the uh, other Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink, right? Extreme ownership. Greatest freaking book. It was his last one about business. I'm like, Oh my God, this is how I run my freaking business. So I ran to my friend who's a Navy SEAL. He, used to do a lot of stuff for CrossFit. And I'm like, dude, he goes, oh yeah, that's the hierarchy of decision-making. I'm like, I had no freaking idea. That's the perfect way. That book is how I run Go Green. Are you talking about uh, the dichotomy of leadership, that book? Yes, the dichotomy of leadership. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, so I figured that for some reason, I I get the news bulletin far after I've already done it. (laughs) But, um, you know, it ties into your military thing and, and, and look what these guys are doing. You know, they're going out with their experience and mental fortitude is huge. You know, I, I do the distance running. I take a freaking cold, ice cold freaking shower every freaking morning. It's like, you know, you work these things into your system of living. I tell people about that shower and they're like, yeah, that's freaking weird. It's I'm, freezing. I'm trying to. I'm actually trying to do that right now. Like I'm trying well, to get into doing that every day. Let me tell you something, man. I started doing it a few years back before COVID, and I was going through a lot of. I was getting grilled out at uh, an aerospace place. You know, you have a whole board of people who are trying to cover their ass, right? And then <laughs> there I am. You know, I'm already feeling less than. I'm you know fully tatted up. You know, all these college degrees standing there. And I was literally cold as ice. Like, and I'm like, what the hell is doing this? I'm like behind myself, checking myself out, going, dude, you're freaking killing it. And I attributed to the mental fortitude, not only from running or bicycling, but the ice cold shower. I'm telling you, it's, thank God I have you to talk to because I've never had, being able to talk to somebody about this stuff, but there was definitely a payback and I felt it at that moment. And I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm freaking, I'm sticking with it. And I've done it, you know, very consistently 
if not missing a day or two for the last four years. Cause I found that Wim Hof guy mm-hmm. on there mm-hmm. and I figured out how he did it though. Like I get a good sweat going, get a, you know, do freaking six sets of 25 pushups while holding your breath. The cold shower is not as bad. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'll have to try that. Yeah. When you get your core hot, warm, cause that's what he does. They sit there and they do a deep breathing exercise, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. gets your core really hot. So it makes the cold shower a little bit more bearable. Yeah, so a, lot of, a lot of that stuff is they teach at Navy SEALs because they're in cold water, you know, they got to be able to yeah. uh, to do that stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, lo- I love talking about that stuff, Pete. <laughs> oh, right on. Yeah, you know, that's, it's my life. That's my passion. You know, I've got, luckily enough, I've got roofing as a passion. You know, my 30-second elevator pitch, people ask me what I do now. I say I protect billions of dollars of industry while doing the fourth most dangerous job in the United States. And they go, oh, my God, what are you? I go, I'm a roofer. I love and it. I'm freaking proud of it. You know, yeah, we're gnarly people, you know. It's hard. I could, I, you couldn't pay me enough to do roofing, Pete. I, that's just not my thing. I've done it. I don't have any interest in doing roofing. <laughs> right now, everything's 100 pounds. Everything's dangerous. Yeah. You know, if you saw some of the pictures I put up on Instagram and um Facebook of back in the day when I was 18 years old doing hot tar with no mask, no nothing, leaning off of ladders and stuff, no safety. I've broken my neck. I've broken my back. And those are two separate times, man. And um, it's no joke. You know, roofing is gnarly. Just blue collar nation is so gnarly. Yeah, for sure. It's hard work, but it's definitely rewarding. I know there's a Joe Rogan podcast talking about like if you're a woodworker, you know, you love your craft, whereas other people sitting in a cubicle all day and they hate their job. So there's there's definitely something to be said about, you know, working with your hands and working outside and or even inside, but just working with your hands and doing hard work. I mean, that's how we were created, right? We we started off in caves. We started off working our butt off every day to have food. Like we weren't sitting in a cubicle on a computer sending emails to in order to get food that day, right? That's how no. we're, we're made to be physically active. Right, you know, and it, and it goes back to that imagination, like the woodworker or the carver, you know, they see this lump of wood and they carve a beautiful eagle out of it. It's like it comes out of their imagination. That's what we do as business owners and builders, right? Is we imagine a business and then we that imagination that picture that we see of that business draws us to it and make we make it happen i was talking to a guy this morning coaching a guy this morning and he's like i bet it was so hard to build go green i go you know it was hard but it was effortless and i'm not sure even how to expand on that but you know looking back it was worth every freaking heartache there was you know and um if it's right it'll happen right you know it's it's not a struggle and that's one of the things i recognize now too it's a little switch gear is that if i'm forcing something and it's not happening not easily but it's not coming together i dump it and i walk done you know and move on and that comes up comes with a lot of the mental awareness you know, everything you're talking about, the mental awareness, mental fortitude is so key to being a business owner because 
you know, you have to be aware of what you're thinking when one of your employees are losing their shit on you and you're a leader, you know, you need to act like a freaking leader. Yeah. You can't act like a child. You know, my mind might be going, I'm going to strangle you, <laughs> but I'm smiling and I say, thank you for that. Okay. Let's talk about this in a different, you know, yeah. Yeah. What's whatever. going on? What's really going on? Let's figure it out. Right. And yeah. you know, the coaching aspect, the, um, the learning aspect, I, I still, to this day, drive that hill, listening to podcasts, listening to you, listening to audiobooks. I try to do an audiobook a week. Since I've been flying a lot, I forgot to download them, so it's kind of screwing up my thing because I, I fly once a week still. Where are you flying? Oh, I go to my different jobs. Every oh. job we have right now is out of freaking town or out of state. It's like, oh. my God. There was a, a point I wanted to touch with the coachable people is, so the people I work with now, We've worked together for over 20 years, most of us. You know, there's some foreman out there on my roofs, on our roofs, that were my foreman. And they're working with me now, right? So our old employer, it took him 20 years to get to $7 million. With the same team here at Go Green, it took us seven years to get to $20 million. And those are those weird coincidences that give me goosebumps. Yeah. It's like, this is weird shit. You know, this is freaking weird. And that was the goal at Go Green. Okay. I said, okay, we're going to do 20 million bucks. If we hit 20 million, we'll have arrived, right? Well, we did it in seven years and I never felt so freaking empty in my life. I'm like, holy shit. They're like, what's wrong, Mr. Pete? You know, we hit 20 million. I go, yeah, I'm stoked, but I got to tell you, I have to apologize to you. And they're like, for what? I go, I underestimated you. It should have been a hundred million. And guess what? It is now. Have a nice day. <laughs> so, oh my God. So uh, a lot of our work's out of town right now. So I'm flying to all the jobs because I'm still the cheerleader. Yeah. I go to every freaking job there is. I buy cases of ice, coolers, beers, ice cold waters and I bring them to the guys every job no matter where it is no matter what town it's in I go there at least once or twice to, you know it depends how long the job is going and because I'm I'm the cheerleader man and you know I am grateful for everything they do and you got to show it as a leader or they'll go somewhere else yeah they'll go somewhere else and you know you have to have like yesterday, you know, I was up on the roof and it was 105 degrees dressed like this and I was dying. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying. These guys were sweeping and we're moving material around and I'm like, I can't let them see this. So that's when, you know, the mental fortitude kicked in and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I will do this even if it kills me. I don't freaking care. It's funny you said that because that's how it is in the military. Once you start getting ranks, you know, like I remember when I became an NCO, I was an E4 corporal and I hated going on humps, like hikes, you know, like eight, 10 mile hikes with your packs on and all this stuff. I hated doing that and I would struggle. And the second I got promoted to corporal, it no longer was a struggle because now I had people looking at me and now I had people relying on me and, you know, simply being in a leadership position it just gives you like one little extra notch of how much farther you can go and how much you can. Yeah, I was hurting on the inside. Like I hated oh, yeah. it and wanted to stop, but I wasn't going to stop. Were you at Camp Pendleton? 
I was. I was out, stationed out there for two years. Okay. So, you know the Quonset huts way up and back? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I call them the Gomer Pyle Quonset huts. Yep. So, when I worked for another company, I was contacted through um, a friend of mine that worked at Lockheed, knew whoever ran the camp, right? And they're like, we have to coat these roofs because they're asbestos. So, they took me way mm-hmm. back up in there, through all the tanks, through all that stuff. And I met with this freaking guy he was he was a marine bro i mean this guy was gnarly i like i'm sitting here in my little blue shirt shit he's like we need to goddamn go green on this freaking place we need to go green go green go green go green my guys are coming back from desert storm with zinc poisoning we need to go green and we need to bury this asbestos in these old quanta huts because they had weights and there were some people in there yeah so i'm like oh I'll write that down. Go mm-hmm. green. And then I read a marketing book. It said, you need an action word yep. within, and I can't remember the name of the marketing book for the life. Of me. I'm trying to find it. It said, you need an action word in the name of your company. I'm like, well, you know, I can't spell anyways. I don't even know my freaking times tables. I'll make my own damn word because I'm going to do it my way. So I shoved go green together. And here we are. So this name behind me came from Pat Camp Pendleton. That's awesome. Me walking on Camp Pendleton. And when I was a kid, in seventh and eighth grade, my teacher was a drill sergeant, literal, a Marine, lifelong Marine that came, became a PE student. And he had this one-third size training area, you know, the gauntlet you guys had to run. Like the and obstacle he, course or the uh, confidence yeah, course? Yeah, the obstacle course. And he called it Pacers, and I was always getting beat up or fighting, so I had to do all that stuff. So when I was out there at Camp Pendleton, I saw that thing, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. Ken Singer, I freaking hate you. But um, that's my Marine story. That's awesome. Well, Pete, I want to I respect your time. I have uh, one more question. Actually, two more questions. What sure, yeah. if, if there's a guy who's in the roofing business, maybe he's – thinking about starting his own business or maybe he has started it like what would what would be your biggest piece of advice to them in in regards to having a successful roofing business you got to get your head right before you see the limelight you know you got to get your head straight and you have to know exactly what you're doing focus imagine your company down to the polished concrete floors like i did and have it and don't Listen to anybody who doesn't tell you anything other than go for it. Just if you know it, go for it. It may take a few tries, but perseverance and uh, fortitude and work on yourself harder than anything else. And you will see your dreams come true because I wake up freaked out. You know, because all that stuff was just an experiment. And I look around, I'm like, oh, my God, I got all these guys that depend on anyways, I can go off on that. But that's that would be right. You got to get your head straight before you can be great. Awesome. I love it. And last question is, what what book are you reading right now? I'm rereading Think and Grow Rich, as a matter of fact, because I'm going over it. I read a lot of different stuff. You know, um, I read a lot of stoicism stuff which I'm rereading Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. I read a lot of psychology books. I, have his, I was looking to see if I have his book on my shelf. I have that book. 
Marcus. I, I love that book. You know, I, when I got sober, a guy gave me uh, the big book. This is 31 years ago next Friday. He gave me the big book, and he gave me Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. He said, the big book will help you quit drinking, but the real problem's in your head. And this Meditations by Marcus Aurelius will help you grow up because you're a disgusting man-child, and you need to freaking to stop acting like a child. Okay. <laughs> so that, that was my opening to getting your head straight, all that stuff, that's like stoicism, um, all that stuff plays into mental fortitude, right? And by me doing the videos on TikTok, that's really where it came from. Because, you know, I kind of wanted people to throw hate at me to see how I was going to react, you know, to see if I can come back with a nice, kind, and caring response instead of, you know, being in shock and being like, Oh, F you, you know, I'm this and that. It's like, Hey man, thanks for that. You know, I didn't see it that way right on. So that's a lot of the stoicism stuff. Yeah. And it plays into going to jump back to shingling, right? Creating a system for growth. If you're not going to invest in yourself, nobody else is. You must invest in yourself. And, Think and Grow Rich really kicked it off when I first read it. After that, when uh, I was like, I probably read it the first time in 95 or something like that. And then I've read it for years ever since. And that one gives you a basis of helping. It, it keeps me focused, you know, a definite chief aim. What's your? It's like you. That gives you your mission, right? You create a definite chief aim, which is, me, I create a problem because I'm a problem solver. That's what we do all day. But my problem has to happens to be very good now. I create really good problems. Like, okay, company's going to do a hundred million now. I'm going to give everybody a hundred thousand dollars in cash for freaking Christmas. How the hell am I going to do that? I need a lot of work, right? Yep. So the definite chief aim out of Think and Grow Rich is one of the best. And uh, I got a pile of books sitting there that I kind of read three or four at a time and listen to a bunch at a time. But if anybody was going to do it, I'd reread that one right now. Yeah, that's always a classic. You can't go wrong reading that one for sure. Well, I think, uh, Pete, I thank you so much for being on the show today. I really enjoyed it. Uh, may have to have you come back on again because I didn't even really get to any of my questions. <laughs> hey, and, you know what? I'm, I'll make myself available for you anytime, man. I, you know, I love it. I love talking about this stuff. As you can tell, I'm, I'm passionate as I'll get out about it. And to meet somebody like-minded, it, it's pretty rare. It's happening more, but it's still too few and far in between for me. And yeah. the real pa my real passion is mindset. Like I said, I'm, I'm starting True Grit. And I'm going to be training, helping people what is it? Uh, consulting people in mindset and coding roofs because that's really what I know. You know, I can help you help a person with building their roofing corporation and getting their head straight to be the leader they need to be. Right. And awesome. Yeah, I just want to thank you, man. You're you're doing a great thing. I'm really glad that we see TikTok just for this paid its dues, man. This was worth every freaking second on that thing. Yeah, I, I, it's 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 pretty unique. I've I've interviewed three other people or three total from just from finding them on TikTok. So it's uh 
it's definitely been a unique uh, experience and a unique platform that's happening right now. So I'm very thankful of it as well. How can people get a hold of you, Pete, if they want to find out more about you or your your business or even your uh, consulting and stuff that you're going to be doing? Well, they can look at me um, look me up on TikTok, Peter J. Harding, or they can look. Uh, it's Peter J. Harding all across the board. TikTok would probably be easiest. Uh, LinkedIn, Peter J. Harding. I'm on there quite a bit. Facebook, Peter J. Harding. And Instagram, Peter J. Harding. And I'll always have a Go Green thing under there. If anybody wants to talk to me about Western States Roofing Contractors Association mindset, which I totally prefer, but <laughs> not totally prefer, but or roofing, I'm really passionate. I've, I've been coding for 30 years. And right now, since we can't get single ply, you know, I lost $5 million worth of business just last year just because of single ply, but I've replaced it this year with $8 million worth of coatings, you know, on top of the coatings I'm already doing. So the best ability is availability, baby. So if anybody wants to learn about that, and I will be out, uh, I'm one of the teachers at Commercial uh, Roofers Academy in Colorado come May. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure what my stint's going to be out there. But Paul Reed and his wonderful wife, Kim Reed, have given me the opportunity to give it a shot. And as you can see, I can talk a person's ear off. So hopefully I'll, I'll do some good. I'll be teaching some codings out there. You can find me maybe through there. But TikTok, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Find me at those spots. Got it. We'll put some links in the show notes too so people can find you based on those. And uh, again, I just want to thank you so much. Pete for being on the show today. Uh, it was a real pleasure. And guys, if you're following us on the, the podcast, you can always reach out to me on the social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. It's Hammer and Grind Podcast. You know where to find me. And until next time, guys, you know what to do. Be the best you. 